What an incredible time we've already had in worship as we've gathered to sing praises to the Lord, as we've prayed, as we've given. And in all of those things, we do them not as religious activity, but we do them out of a heart of love for our God. Our God has led us to gather in this place. And there are people like this all around our nation and around the nations of the world that are setting aside time to worship the Lord. And so as we gather, we gather in a stream of people who are not just being religious, but we are doing so with a great desire to meet with God. I hope that that's your desire here today. I don't know about you, I've had the opportunity on two or three occasions to meet some famous people. I mean, more than just a casual brush where I might have gotten an autograph, but, but actually to be able to sit down and, and dialogue with someone who, who had achieved some place of notoriety in life. Anybody here know anybody famous? That's like four, there's a few people, a few hands here or there. Any of you think that you're famous? There's a few of you there too. There are some wives pointing at their husbands who think that they perhaps are famous in some respect or another. I thought about this during the Olympics just over the course of the last couple of weeks. If you think about it in our society and in our culture just around the world, someone who achieves great uh, greatness in, uh, in some athletic standing becomes a hero to their nation. If you think about it, someone who is good at acting becomes what we would call a movie star. Someone who's good at, at music would become a rock star. They would achieve some status, some level of fame. And it's interesting if you think about it, adoring fans will spend lots and lots of money uh, on, on information and photos and, and, and just juicy tidbits about their heroes and those stars and those famous ones. But the reality is that I can know information about an athlete or a musician or an actor or an actress. I can know their birthday and their favorite color. I can know all kinds of stuff about them, but not know them at all. Does that make sense? I mean, if I were to meet some of the athletes that we've seen, if I walked up to Usain Bolt and saw him the fastest man on the planet, if I walked up to him, he would not know me. He would not recognize me. He would not call my name. He doesn't know anything about me. And yet I know all kinds of things about him simply from watching the Olympics over the last couple of weeks. Why would I say that to you? Because I'm afraid that if we're not careful, we can take that same approach with God. We can know all kinds of things about God, but not know Him. We can have all kinds of thoughts about Him. We can read things about Him and not have an understanding of who our God is. I mean, does the fan really know the, the hero? Does the fan really know the rock star? Of course not. And, and Jesus responded to this. And, and uh, in, in Matthew chapter 7, we'll get there in a moment. We'll look in a couple of places in Scripture. But I really just want you to hear my heart for the next few moments. A couple of weeks ago, we started a sermon series that we've called the DNA of Hardy Street Baptist Church. And the idea is, what is it that is intrinsically special or unique to this church? What is it that God has specifically planted us here to do? What is it that God desires from us as a people of God searching together? And we laid out our mission statement and said very simply, we are a faith family. So we are gathered together as a connected family. We are kin in Christ. That means that God as our heavenly father, as he's revealed himself, gives us the privilege of being brothers and sisters in Christ. 
And we are called as a faith family right here in the heart of Hattiesburg to make disciples among our neighbors, the nations, and the next generation. We have laid that out as the mission of this church. And then I began to share with you, and in fact, if you will, grab your bulletin for just a moment. Look at it. Everybody hold it up. On the back of your bulletin, you will see very simply that mission statement kind of laid out their thoughts about each of those statements. What does it mean that we're a family? What is the significance of us being in the heart of Hattiesburg? But moving forward, we laid out also the strategy for our church, and we've said very simply that there are three pathways to our strategy, and those are knowing, growing, and going. And today, we're going to really begin to dissect that by talking about knowing. And we're going to talk about two components, knowing Christ and making Him known. Knowing Jesus Christ and making Jesus Christ known. I believe that it is fundamental for our church family to be focused on that. That knowing Jesus Christ is the most important thing that we can tell anybody in the world. That they have a relationship with the Lord Jesus. And for us as a church, the most important thing that we can pursue is knowing God. There are people that have have searched the world, they've searched religions, they've searched uh, philosophies and tried to have some sense of what it means to know God. But for you and for me this morning, I want us to see very clearly from the Word of God that this is our primary place, knowing Him. And then ultimately that flows out. If we know Him, then we certainly want to make Him known to the world. Let me go back to where I was just a moment ago. You don't have to turn to Matthew 7. In fact, while I'm speaking, if you'll turn your attention to John 17. John 17. You can turn to John 17, 3. As you're turning there, listen to these words and think through this. Matthew 7, Jesus responded to this question. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform miracles? And then I will tell them plainly, Jesus says, I never knew you. Away from me, you evil doers. You see, there are people in Jesus' day and there are people in our day who thought that they were friends of His. They thought that they had some relationship. And in His day, it was because they knew the law, they knew the rules, the regulations, but there was no relationship. And in our day and age too, there are many, many people around the world that are trying their best to get to God through some religious system. And the reality is what it's all about, not religion, but a relationship. And so we will look together at that very thought. In John chapter 17 and verse 3. Look with me there. Very simply the word says this. And this is eternal life. That they may know you the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. It could not be more plain in this language. This is eternal life. You see, if we begin to think about this idea of an intellectual ascent, just knowing about God or actually having a relationship to know Him, Jesus explained the problem in their day and in ours. He said this in Matthew 15, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain, and their teachings are merely human rules. 
You see, we easily substitute religion for relationships. We often think that if we're doing Christian things that somehow the relationship is fine. But the reality is that we are to accept His forgiveness and cleansing and we, need, we have to know Him. There, there's a personal nature to this creation uh, that He has made. And I want you to see this with me and hear this very, very simply put, as best I know how. There is one true God. Our scripture text for the day says that. And the one true God is the creator God. Perfect, holy, just, righteous, and loving. And that God reached into our world because our world is broken. It doesn't take long for us to look all around us and see that there is a brokenness to the world. I don't know about you, but it doesn't take long for me to look inside and see that there's some brokenness about me. I long to be faithful in, in everything that I say and I do, but I find myself missing appointments or forgetting things. I find myself selfishly grabbing for things or being angry at someone. And I begin to look and I say, that is not the intent, I think, of our God. I don't think at all that he would want those things. In fact, I know that those are not true of what his character reflects. And Scripture says to us this morning, this is eternal life. To know you, the one true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So if knowing God through his son Jesus is what eternal life is all about, then that's something that we need to begin to reflect upon. We need to look at. We need to weigh out. We need to look at the evidence. We need to, to, to see, is this something that I should value with my life? And as we think about that idea of a relationship with God, you need to ask yourself, do I really know him? Do I have a relationship with him or do I simply know facts and figures and thoughts about him that I've studied over a lifetime of religious activity? The brokenness of the world is not at all what he intended. We know the brokenness is called sin. And sin brings death. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death. And here, to know him is eternal life, but to be separated from him is death. But in his grace and in his mercy and his love, his desire to reconcile us to himself, God who loves us demonstrated that love for us in the cross of Jesus Christ. Mary Laura sang so beautifully about it earlier, and it leads us to sing those things that we sang that we can with confidence say, on the day that my strength fails me, at the end of my life, I come to that place and with confidence I can say, bless the Lord, oh my soul, because I have an anchor to hold on to. I have a rock to stand upon. He brings stability to life. You see, the gospel is the good news that Jesus has restored for us the brokenness and we are made right with him through Christ. Now, I want you to think about this. Jesus reconciling us to live a life that we could never live, ever, and dying a death that we deserve to die, paying for the wages of our sin, as, as much as you and I want to be related to and connected to God, He wants that even more for you. He loves you that much. And so why am I going over this? Some of you would say, why in the world would we go back to such a basic level and just think through the gospel? I don't know if you've ever heard the story, but right after the very first Super Bowl, Vince Lombardi took the Green Bay Packers world champions back to basic training, if you will, their very first practice after winning the Super Bowl. And he said, gentlemen, we're going back to the basics. This is a football. 
And he held up a pigskin, held up a football. Now you would think, how insulting that this coach would speak to the world champions, the greatest football team of that day, and say, man, this is a football. I believe that it is important for us to be reminded over and over and over and over again of the truth of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. For us to understand that eternal life is to know Him. That eternal life is to have a relationship with Him. And so I'll go back to the title of my message. All of this is just setting up where we want to go. This is a long introduction, short sermon. I promise. Some of you are saying, boy, if we're going this long, it's going to be a long time to get out. No. Long introduction, focused message. Knowing him and making him known. I believe with all of my heart, God sent me to this church 10 months ago with a clear perspective on that very thing. That helping the people of this church, helping the people of the Pine Belt and all of the peoples of the nation that I ever have contact with, helping them to know Jesus Christ. And then the other side of that is to help you as a body, to help us as a body make Jesus Christ known. That fulfills this DNA of our church. It's not new. This church has been a part of that for years. In fact, for decades. In fact, for over 108 years, this church has been involved in that very mission. The idea that we would continually seek to know him and to make him known. Now, let's move forward just a little bit and begin to think about this a a little bit more. Again, if you um, met personally your favorite movie star, if you met personally your favorite athlete, let's just say it was some actress, and and you read about that favorite movie star, and and you learned about them, and you had seen them, obviously, and and maybe this is their characteristic. They had green eyes and maybe a dimple uh, on her chin. Those traits are merely facts on paper until you meet face to face. And then suddenly those green eyes are looking at you. And and suddenly that dimple springs to her chin when she smiles. And she tells you about her day and her fears and her inner thoughts. And you may recall that you'd heard some of those facts before. Maybe about what she orders for lunch as you sit there and you converse. But the reality is that you knew about her before. But now you know her from abstract to concrete. The things that you thought you knew started to make sense as you entered a relationship. Again, why is that important? Because there are so many people all around this globe that know things about God, but they don't know God. And for you and for me as a church family, our design and our desire is to live out this passage. John 17, 3, this is eternal life. Nothing else, not religious activity, not coming to church, not offering prayers. Not giving money, not going on mission. This is eternal life, to know God and Jesus Christ, his son whom he sent. So knowing him is the the most important thing that we could do. Now, let's look together at our outline for just a moment. I want to give you just two or three thoughts very simply. Number one, true life is about knowing Christ. True life is about knowing Christ. You see, very simply, you can fill that in on your outline if you would like to. God loves you. He has a plan, a purpose for your life. He designed you. He created you. And I don't know what questions you came into this place bearing or carrying. 
I don't know what speculations you brought here today, but God came into this very place with a plan for you to hear this message. God brought each and every one of us here uniquely this day to hear that he has for us a design for life. And John 17, 3 marks it out. This is eternal life. It's available to you knowing him. Again, as we think about the brokenness of the world, I want you to hear this. Jonathan Parnell is a, a writer that I followed. He's a pastor in Minneapolis. And he said, if we, don't, if we know anything, let us know him. For if we convince our neighbors to vote like us or to think like us, but we don't know Jesus, we are just pushy religious people. If we treat religion in that manner, and if we all are well-read and understand the numerous pitfalls among all of the things that are emerging in our culture, and if our church has a podcast so as to be heard, but we do not know Jesus, we are nothing. And the list could go on and on and on. We can be an attractional model church that reaches out and, it's, and, it, and it touches people's felt needs and it scratches an itch in their life. But if we don't know Jesus and if we don't offer Jesus, we might as well close the doors. We're wasting our time otherwise. Jesus Christ, the eternal, co-equal with God the Father, Savior of the world, came for us to know God. True life is all about knowing God. Second, let me, let me just take it to this place and, and let you hear this. Knowing Christ is about relationship. We've already said that in some ways. It's not to learn about him from our heads. It's to understand and experience him in a relationship. I, I was thinking through this. We need to know God. And, and you may want to jot these words down somewhere. We need to know God theologically. It's important for us to know who he is from a theological standpoint. It's important for us to know him biblically. To understand that from the Bible's perspective, this is what he's revealed about himself to us. But far more importantly than knowing about God theologically and biblically is knowing God personally. Hear that, church. Hear that. We need to know him personally. Not about him. You don't need to go to Sunday school and spout off facts and figures about God. You need to walk with him in the morning. You need to rise up from the morning and say, Lord, let's spend this day together. You need to submit yourself to him. Time in his word, not as a religious activity, hoping to gain any kind of favor with God, but merely to experience the relationship. True life is about knowing Christ. And secondly, knowing Christ is about a relationship. Well, how is that relationship born out? It's born out in prayer. It's fostered through prayer. And that's really where I want to invest some time today. Because if you look at the strategy of our church, very simply, we have four core values. We value prayer, evangelism, discipleship, and missions. And prayer and evangelism are wrapped up in this notion of knowing. We know God through prayer. We make him known through evangelism. We know him through this relation of conversation. Now, let me ask you, how many of you have ever taken, anybody here, how many of you have ever taken a class at this church or otherwise on prayer? Anybody? You've studied, raise your hand high. I want to see them. You've, you've studied prayer in some way. How about you've had a Sunday school class about prayer? That would take care of most of the rest of us. I think all of us at some level have studied about prayer. Now, let me ask you this. How many of you are grandparents here? Raise your hand. Boy, those went up real high. That's a different thing. How many of you have ever taken a class on how to share about your grandkids? 
Anybody? Not at all. Now, for our friends from Nepal, if you saw any of those people, raise your hands, grandparents. Look at them. See the people with their hands raised? If you go and ask them, they will probably pull out their phone and begin showing you picture after picture after picture of their grandchildren. They love them. In America, that's just part of culture. I know it's part of culture most everywhere. We love our children. We love our grandchildren. We want to tell people about them, even when people don't want to hear about them. Now, I know when I said that, some of you said, well, he's talking about somebody else because everybody wants to hear about my grandchildren. I mean, you want us to know about their first tooth and their first step and their first noise and their first everything else. You want us to know about their baseball game and you want us to know about all of their activities in their life and the funny things that they said. And you didn't have to take a single class for anybody to tell you to tell that. Well, the reality is nobody ought to have to tell us to pray. We have the great opportunity to talk to the God of the universe, the creator God, the one true God. And because of that, we need to emphasize that relationship to the place where it leads us to pray. What do I mean by that? If we're not careful, we feel guilty over our prayerlessness or the anemia of our prayer life, and we start focusing on prayer. If you focus on prayer, you miss the relationship. Let me share it with you this way. Let me try to explain it or illustrate it. Focusing on prayer instead of on God is almost like trying to drive by focusing at the windshield, not through it. You ever tried to drive and look at the windshield? Well, there's a bug right there. Well, I've got a little chip right over here where a rock hit. Boom, the next thing you know, you hit a bus. Because you're looking at the windshield. The windshield was never intended for you to look at. It is intended for you to look what? Through. And prayer is the medium that is through which you speak to God the Father. And this is eternal life, to know the one true God. I'm still on that one text. That one text just focuses our minds and our hearts and our attentions. Our attention, if we want to understand what God's desire for us is, then we need to engage in a relationship. And that happens through prayer. True life is all about knowing Christ. Knowing Christ is all about developing a relationship. And that relationship is fostered in and through prayer. Does that make sense, choir? I know y'all would help me out. Thank you very much. Well, let's continue a little bit further. If we focus on prayer, we miss the point of the relationship. And I want you to see this. I put it in your notes. If we focus on our activity, we discount the work of the cross. You see, sometimes well-intentioned people who want to get the attention of God begin to focus on praying as a means to get God's attention. Well, in a relationship, we already have His attention. And so if you focus on prayer and say, this is my earnest attempt to get to God, that's religion. And it's dead, it's empty, it's hollow. But in a relationship, prayer just fosters that dialogue between us and God. You see, if we de deny the cross and the work of the cross, the only reason that you and I can pray is through the cross. Isaiah 59 says that we have been separated from God and He will not hear our prayers. Some of you might have come in here thinking, you know, I just thought God hears every prayer. Well, in a biblical sense, God chooses not to listen. He hears them all, but he does not listen. In fact, in Proverbs, the word says this, that the discipline of the wicked is an abomination before God. That means God is insulted by prayers of wicked people. 
Was there anybody here that's not wicked? Uh Uh-oh. We're all in trouble without Jesus. But Jesus, through the good news, the gospel, gives us access to him for this relationship. And now we can actually pray. If God does not listen to the prayers of the wicked, then all of humankind is cut off from God. And yet, he says that he has made a way and, in fact, invites us into his throne room. He says, come boldly before the throne of grace for help and mercy in every situation, every time of need. So that relationship is fostered not through religious activity, not through a focus on prayer, but a focus on God. And church family, hear me. This is as simple a message that I could offer to you, but it may be the single most important that I could offer to all of us. If we do not know Christ, then we've missed it all. This is eternal life, to know Him. It's fostered through prayer. Finally, it comes to the third place that I want you to see. True purpose in life is making Christ known. True purpose in life is making Christ known. We have been sent by Christ as he himself was sent by his Father to announce by our life and our deeds the good news of the kingdom of God. Church family, again, I know that this is simple, but I share it with you because it's important. It is as important as saying this is a football. We're going back to the basics. We can do all that we do on a weekly basis without the help of God in our own power. We can have Sunday school classes. Somebody will come and turn the lights on and turn the air on. They'll make sure this place is vacuumed and clean. Somebody will print a bulletin. We can do all of that and not know Christ. You can gather with your Sunday school class. You can even open the Bible and read from it. You can discuss it and dialogue about it and not know Christ. We can live our lives in a religious pattern of coming week in, week out, week in, week out, and being faithful, even volunteering. You can show up for the volunteer summit. You can be involved in ushering and greeting or singing in the choir or leading a ministry and not know Christ. And God didn't call me to this church. God didn't call you to this church to be about religious activity. He called us here together to know Jesus. To know him, to look into those brown Galilean eyes and to think about all that he did for you and to walk with him and to talk with him and to learn from him and to become like him, to be shaped into the image of the Son. That's what Scripture says for us, that we would know Christ Jesus. We hear that all of the time. It's on the radio waves. It's on television. It's become ho-hum. In fact, there's a grave, grave possibility that many of you would leave this place and go to lunch and say, well, our pastor shared the gospel. And and you just summarize it right there. You know what needs to happen over lunch? You need to say, our pastor shared the gospel, the good news. Jesus is alive. Jesus saves. And we have the privilege of knowing him through this avenue of prayer. It is that joy-filled news, absolutely. If we can't get excited about the gospel, we might as well close the door because true purpose in life is not just knowing him but making him known, shouting it from the rooftops. Jesus saves. Jesus saves for you and for me today. It is the gospel message. Let's Let's just draw in close together and think through this. Is the gospel message impacting the way that you live your life? 
on a daily basis? Is it central to everything as a church that we are? Is it central in your home, in your family, to everything that you are? And if it's not today, then we should fall on our faces before Almighty God and repent of that and say, oh God, we have the privilege of knowing you. I want to walk with you in prayer. We'll talk about prayer in the days to come. We'll talk about evangelism in the days to come. But I simply wanted to bring these things into our uh, midst and to the forefront of our minds to think about. We know Christ through prayer. We make him known through evangelism. Know him and tell somebody. If you today do not know Jesus Christ, we would love to share with you. We have encouragers that would simply take the word of God and and talk you through that kind of decision. Perhaps today the need of your life is to unite with this church. You say, that's the kind of church I want to be a part of. I want to be a part of a church family that lifts high the name of Jesus, that makes him central in all they do. If that's your desire today, come and join us. We'd love for you to be a part of this journey. God is growing our family, stretching us in unique ways. And we've had great opportunities over the last several months to see him at work, saving people, reaching out. Come be a part. This is a time of response, and so this time of response is very simply for you. Let's all stand together. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. We will sing, and you respond. God, thank you for the gospel. Thank you for the good news of Jesus Christ. Thank you that we can know you. Thank you that eternal life is available through the creator God and through Jesus Christ the Messiah. Thank you, Lord, for the great privilege we have of being a church family right here in the heart of Hattiesburg. Oh, God, I pray that you would use this church family in unique ways in the days ahead. And I pray in Jesus' name that people would respond even now. Amen.